once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, you are listening to the C-Squared podcast with me, Holly and Curtis. And today we have the wonderful Kieran Scott from Death Collector and Ashen Crown here with us. And we are going to be talking all things musicy. So thank you so much, Kieran, for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, quite a uh, opportunity for me. I don't get to talk too much. Maybe that's for the betterment of society. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you've got free reign here. That's all good. Um, but yeah, so shall we start off with like a nutshell like uh, interview? We kind of do this thing where we ask if you could give like a little nutshell version about who you are and what you do uh, for anyone who's mm. perhaps not heard of you before. Okay, um, right. In a nutshell, I've just, I talk too much. It's going to be difficult. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm self-taught uh, graphic artist, vocalist, um, uh, and also from the ground up uh, promotions. Um, so got into like PR all purely on my own head. So everything I've done, I've just jumped straight in, no prior experience, no education, you know, and I've, I'm, I'm literally the definition of just finding your feet while crawling around <laughs> like, in a nutshell. Yeah. That's not covered it. Yeah. That, <laughs> I realized I was on mute. That's why I was, that's why I was panicking. Oh, you're on mute again. Okay. On mute. <laughs> Um, so oh, no. you kind you kind of well you you kind of went a little bit into a little bit of it but not really so can you kind of go a little bit in depth on how you got into the music industry and then promoting like in an in depth version now versus no. yeah okay so um, basically about ooh, be about six years ago um, maybe seven actually now uh, I was just like uh, come to an opportunity in my life where I thought. I love music, um, but I don't know how to get into it. I had no prior education. I never went to, co I did college or, um, and I wasn't brought up with like, you know, playing an instrument. So it was all very foreign to me. Like everything about the music industry was completely new. So understanding that I had a period in time in my life going, right, I want to get into this. How do I get into it? And what I discovered was like, like all things, you just have to jump in head first. So that's what I did. Um, so my first intro into it was vocals because as I'm a vocalist that's my first cue in as I like started to um do more and more and more and join new bands and projects and Ash and Crown my my circle started getting bigger people I met um you know people in the industry from all sides so like you know PR promotions etc um eventually I just found myself becoming very friendly with a lot of people making lots of connections um, and over the years, uh, when you know, Ash and Crown, we played Bloodstock Festival and things like that, which is a festival in the UK. It's quite, it's quite a decent one. Uh, and that got my identity from an unknown person to like, right, he's played Bloodstock with this band, right? So, um, but what, over a period of time, trying to cut your teeth in an industry where nobody knows you, you're also on mute again, Curtis. <laughs> I just noticed. I, I, um, I got it's going upstairs. That's why I have. There, there's, there's an actual reason for this. <laughs> Okay, I just noticed. I was like, "Is he still on YouTube?" Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah. So within the industry, uh, I just sort of like to find my own way. And you know, when it comes to like favors and people like, "Oh, I've got this gig going on. Do you want to come and give us a hand?" And that's literally how it all worked out. Uh, like so, 
my vocal journey just basically just got more and more excessively me trying very hard to put in my fingers and all the pies I can just being like, right, you know, I'll feature on this. Yep. I'll do it for free. Yep. I'll do this. I'll do this cover with you. I'll do on this charity single thing, it, you know, and it's just literally push, 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 uh, with a promotion aspect, like me and my friend, um, Michael from Bank or Mad Spanner, he, we, in our local town thought, let's just do some like small gigs. You know, we had a bad PA <laughs> and we just like in a, in a, like, a small venue and just booked like whatever bands we knew would work and it went very well. So that's where my promotional kind of journey started. Um, and then I joined Smash Promotions in Birmingham and it just went up from there. So we're now booking like crossover metal punk festivals. And now I'm organizing with big bands and it's just very, very cool. Again, it's literally just keep trying and trying until you get like what you want. Uh, and in regards to PR, that comes off the back of just joining bands. So obviously, when you're in a band, you want to promote your music, you want to get your stuff out there, you want people to like it, listen to it and share it. I had to learn from the ground up about how to market. And I don't like marketing because it's got this kind of analysis thing, you know, like you analyze humans to a basic, like simple level, it's kind of a bit weird. <laughs> but you know, like things like certain colors and words and things like that. It, it's bizarre. But once I started to learn how that affected how people perceive things, uh, I then started to adapt that into my approach. Obviously, you've got things like memes and stuff. And I did the memes with Ashen Crown and it was successful. It got us a lot of attention. But I learned that it garnered the wrong kind of attention. And it made us not look silly, but it was that association with not being taken seriously because memes. So even though it was a double edged sword, it was got us what the attention we wanted, but not what we wanted overall. So um, yeah. Yeah. And then eventually I just started doing more and more PR for other bands and then more and more bands I joined that I, I got better at doing it, more connections I made. And so, yeah. And that's how I'm here now. Just to clarify, Kieran, um, yes. cause I don't want, I should have probably asked you before, before we started. Um, <laughs> um, are you full-time in the industry or is this part-time work? It, yeah, it's a mixture because, um, with like my graphic design as well, that pretty much creates most of my main income. Um, Fair. You know, and I do a lot of artworks, po posters, music videos, you know, um, like preview videos, logos. I, I, that's my main th thought sort of thing. And also like doing promotions as well. Uh, and then, you know, so it, all those things are sort of like keep me going. But it's very much I'm involved in every aspect and I can't get away from it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get a break. You're, you're full time with it, but you got a job that direct indirectly also yeah it's it's all interconnected and i think that's kind of my own creation i've sort of like trying to woven everything together yeah yeah i i understand okay because i had i had a bit of a follow-up question then okay which kind of based upon what you say and kind of what you don't so forgive me if this okay. doesn't quite fit but so how did you kind of get to be full-time then in the industry uh well it's not, it started out kind of out of um, necessity when you're, when, when you're in a band and, and you're just trying to make it. And I try to create as many shortcuts as I can for myself financially. So learning how to do graphics, uh, learning how to do video editing, learning how to do promotion. And it just sort of kind of fell into it. And other, and other people were coming to me going, can you do what you did for your band for my band? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then that, then I get money from them. And then it's it just like, 
I've got I've got lots of bits of money just kind of coming in, which is supporting me to allow me to keep doing what I'm doing. And it actually helps everybody else as well. I don't want to be all pious and be like, oh, I have such a selfless thing. But uh, because of everything I do helps other people, that's very satisfying as well. I won't be I'm not rolling in money like there's no reality yeah. here. The reality is, is I'm barely managing, <laughs> but yeah. I'm satisfied like I'm very satisfied. And my ideal goal is to get my bands signed which then makes them self-sustainable, which I'm no longer bleeding money into. And yeah. that's kind of the goal of every band. Yeah. To make a profit is great, but we let's live we let's live in the real world here. That that's ain't gonna happen unless you're like, I don't know, bands like Ginger and, you know, really big, successful bands. Um yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah it, it just kind of fell I fell into it. That's <laughs> the best way of putting it. Yeah, no, I understand that kind of that's kind of similar to how me and Holly did it too. And it's always interesting to hear how other people did as well. So now just to clarify for listeners, because again, you got got your fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. A lot of pies. What what do you consider your actual role then? Are you a PR? Are you a musician? What graphic yeah. designer? Like what is the hearing <laughs> when you kind of boil it down? Are you what are you? Who are you? It's, it's an existential question oh, who am i <laughs> um it's a hard one to it's, you've got but what are you like because i mean everybody's got the one role that they kind of identify with so i'm curious yeah. like, are, you, are you the promoter like what are you like to yourself do you think okay right okay um the problem is right the problem that i've got is i'm doing the jack of all trades yeah and the I problem is that i've mastered i master very little and i like yeah. I get better at them. All the trades get better and better and better, but I don't focus solely, and that's your point. So, yeah, my yeah. I guess vocals. I vocally, yeah, vocals, metal vocals, yeah, hundred percent. Not, not even, not. I'm thinking about it. It was the first thing that got me into it. Uh, cool. Everything else was more of a byproduct of my journey, you know, in the industry. So, yeah, that I. I, I final answer. <laughs> graphic designer, PR, and all the rest of it. Second. everything okay. else just came because of it and and you know and it, i'm happy for it to carry on as is you know see where it takes yeah. me yeah no so, sorry sorry for asking that but i always get curious because a lot of people have these different roles yeah like i know like holly's got musician she's got pr she's got you know vocalist she's got guitarist she's keyboard you know yeah. so there's all these different roles i'm i, I don't do any music music so i can just say i do one thing but um yeah I'm always curious. So now let me just think if there's anything I want to follow up on that. No, I don't. So I guess that's Holly's question. Next. So uh, my question is kind of related to your latest release, because uh, this oh. is with the Death Collector, your new album, which I believe is called Time's Up. It is, um, yeah. Well, well so obviously, yay, I did my research. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been seeing all of your posts, all of your promotional stuff, which is kind of what I wanted to ask you about a little bit. Okay. Um, how did you find like the PR and promotion process? Because obviously you're doing it for your own album as well, which I, I don't know, I sometimes find that a little bit, bit tricky almost because you're mm. more invested in it in a way because you're, it's your creativity. Um, so yeah, how did you sort of find that one? Yeah, see, the thing is, right, so I've got two releases that I've done promotion for now. So I had, I had a like a black and death metal band called Grimort. Uh, that was over the pandemic uh, when that first hit off. So we made a little EP did all the promotion, did all the design work, did it ourselves off release. And so that I got a bit of experience from that and also from Ash and Crown's release, which was more bolstered by a PR company at the time. So I've been like learning and picking up bits. So I find 
the detachment aspect is very important when you're doing PR. It's never personal. And if they ignore you, it's never personal. And it's, it's always good to remember these things because as you know, and other people in the industry, and now I understand as a, as a promoter in PR, the amount of messages you get is absolutely astronomical. Like you've got every man and his bedroom band and his sort of side project and his day, his main band just messaging you go, can you help us out? Can you promote this and that? And I'm there like, oh, I can't, because if I do, I'll die. <laughs> you know, like it's just exhausted, you know, from, and every day, all day, ba-ding, phone, ba-ding, phone, ba-ding, phone, notification, 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 share this as a new thing, new reviewers up, bang, bang. So it's very exhausting. So what I've to kind of like realize was, is that even though I do like helping other people out, if I've got a release coming up, I shut off all other things. I go, sorry. Nope, sorry. And I'm not letting them down. I'm just telling them the truth. I don't want to juggle uh, their releases with mine. With, with the Death Collector release, that was my plan. I had the guys really appreciate, I really appreciate them for letting me do my plan. All my experiences and all my research that I've done, I had to have this um, kind of like PR philosophy of to make waves, not splashes. So basically you need to create a continuous like wave that just ripples rather than just and then everyone forgets you it's it's more of a being consistent and engaging content or things that are quick that you don't have to read into that things that you don't have to pay too much attention to um so like for example when i said earlier about learning about marketing the color red is the best color to use to get attention to anything new red psychologically is a an alert color it's a danger color it's a what is that and it's one of those things that red will always stand out more than any other color in regards. And it works like that. So it's a little, it was a little bit manipulative and strategic with the death collector color scheme because it brought a lot of attention to it and it worked. It fantastically worked. People are like, Ooh, red. I like red. And you know, as you know, if you notice, I like red. There's lots of I, red I behind was, me. I'm admiring your background. It's very nice. <laughs> well, thank you. But, um, but yeah, so with Death Collector, my plan was is to create this wave system. And the way that it is, it's like, so it goes in stages. The first stage is uh, like, obviously get all of your content that you're going to produce, have produced and how you can utilize it to its best potential within the new realms of social media. Cause it's always changing. Like this now reels is a thing. It's like, pfft, but amazing. It's also an amazing thing, but I'll get to that. Um, so what I've realized is that we went from a point of pictures, pictures with the thing, you know, memes, we're actually growing out of that. Now that's changing memes are still kind of there, but videos are becoming more prevalent than ever. And I blame TikTok for that. Like, no, honestly, like people, short videos, like vines, things like that. They are the most effective promotion format I've ever seen because I'm on TikTok and I've got about 6,000 followers on it now on my personal account. And that's random. There's no real method to it. It just is. And I've been gaining some reputation on there. But with this release, the plan was, as I said, so I'll just, I digress. I'll go back a bit. Um, so get all your content sorted, how you want it to like package it, how you want it to be perceived. And what I find is to be very consistent with how it all is looked. So it's recognizable. So the red, the theme uh, of like the background and everything, keep everything the same. Don't use other things. You know, you, you want to keep it all on theme, all on concept. Uh, and like, so reviews, for example, you probably saw the way that I do reviews. I do a snippet of a, 
of it on a nice graphic tile and then I'll link the, the actual review because nobody reads reviews, by the way. Like, no one. The review is personally to the band. Like, no one else really reads them. They have no reason to read them. Like, if they maybe want to get some feedback on an album, it's very unlikely. Everything's free. So they probably just listen to it anyway. But what I found is, is that those tiles were so, like, snap but They were snappy. Like, you could just look at it and go, oh, oh, wow. Numbers help as well. 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 8 out yep. of 10. It makes people go, oh, that's good number. <laughs> like, that, that high number, you know, it's literally, it sounds really silly. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, condescending to people, but that's how we, that's how we work. You know, yep. we see high numbers. We're like, that's good. You yep. know, so like, it, it's one of those things like, uh, and then also what with those tiles, I've also, you may have seen as well, done a video compilation with the music in the background fading in between the different songs, you know, review video, which is now we've spanned that out. That's all gone to all the socials and that's gaining a lot of attention because you can hear the music and you got the reviews. So it's like, well, I'm hearing bits. I like what I'm hearing. Hopefully the reviews, are, the reviews are good. So what it is, it's a positive affirmation. I'm reinforcing the positivity. It's like positive, high numbers, positive. Look at these reviews, like listen to the music. It, and, <clears throat> and that's what you've got to do. You can't just, release something and go, here you go. Everyone's going to go, okay, cool. This band's marketed themselves far better. I'm going to go listen to these probably because other people are talking about them because they're marketed better. What I, cause what I find is, is like as a new band as well, trying to get people to listen to your music is almost impossible. Like it sounds silly and it sounds a bit dramatic. So like, for example, there's, uh, there's people that I've worked with in the industry for years and years and years and years and years. I've got this new band and they go, yeah, cool. They're not interested because there's a new band every week. There's a new band every day. Unless there's a notable thing about the band, they're going to be like, eh. The, one of the advantages that I've got at Death Collector is that Andy Whale is our bolt, or from Bolt Thrower is our drummer, which is a huge thing. And I won't ignore it. <laughs> like, it's a huge poll. It, you know, like, and people who love Bolt Thrower, love the old school death metal, are going to go, oh, give it a listen. They may not like it, or they might like it. But that is an adv advantageous thing that I will use but not overbearingly, it'll be more subtle. Um, so the strategies in regards to like tackling the release was definitely uh, quite educational, but very well planned out. Uh, one of my favorite things as well is that uh, like create great merchandise, simple, effective merchandise that is again on concept and on theme with everything mm -hmm. else that you've put out because it's got the association aspect to it. You're associating with it. And it's got that attachment. I like this thing. This thing is also looking like the thing I like. I'm going to get that because I like it. It's silly. It sounds silly, but it's true. Like I do it all the time. I'm like, ooh, album. Ooh, album shit. <laughs> like, I'm bad for it. I really am. But, you know, it, it's one of those. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what else in regards to the release? Oh, one thing definitely don't spam people in their inboxes. Like it's all right if you know them and you've got one-to-one -one, like rapport with them, that's fine. But just don't be that guy just going, Hey, check out my new band. And then just doesn't talk to them again. Yeah. It, you're just going to get deleted. <laughs> like, yeah. But, there, there's a fine line. This is an interjection between spamming and getting in communication with people. Like sometimes you can get yeah. too communication. I, one thing I hate is when someone starts trying to talk to me, obviously just trying to get me to want do something yeah. random. 
uh, hey, how's it going? I don't know you. Like, what do you want? You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have to be polite. You have to kind of figure out the right way to do it. But mm. um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about spamming people for just one brief second. Because I don't want to <laughs> okay. graphic design, Holly. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm skipping the graphic design. You can talk it's about fine. the graphic to be fair we've done a lot on that anyway you can you can talk about graphic design i'm not a graphic designer. Oh, yeah. um so let's talk about spam for a brief second so what's your distinguisher between spamming someone and following up just out of curiosity right so as, as somebody on the receiving end of it a lot i yeah. find that the, i will listen to pretty much anything anyone sends me but that's me i because <laughs> not everyone is me and i understand that so when I'm approaching other people, uh, what I tend to do, I think it's very important is say what you want in the first line, <laughs> but yes. in the nicest way possible. Like, yes. so just be like, hi, got this new band. Love to see if you check it out, blah, blah, blah. Hope you're right. If not, don't worry. That's fine too. Yep. That non-committal, polite and simple, straight to the point. People like that because a lot of people, like, as I said before, I have so many messages all the time and trawling through. I don't want to have six conversations with people trying to butter me up to send me their EP. Like, yeah. just just send me it. <laughs> okay. yeah. And if I check it out, I check it out. And if I don't, I don't. I mean, none of it's personal. You know, the only time it gets personal is if they become very demanding or yeah. like, and then, or, or if you don't listen to it and they're just like, have you listened to it? And I'm like, I'm definitely not listening to it now. <laughs> it's like, oh. you know. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because let me ask you this: so you don't like follow up? Then you don't like the follow up? No, not if they're rude. If they're rude at the start, and then rude. they follow up, it, and then it's like extra nail in the coffin. I'm like, mm, I'm definitely not listening to it now. No, I, it. It, no, I mean, if I come across that band in my travels, that's different. But yeah. I, I find that kind of approach really rude. I mean, it's different if they say, if I if I said, oh, remind me, that's different. Yeah, because I do have done that a few times. I go, I'll listen to it. Uh, blah blah blah. Remind me. You know, sort of thing. Yeah, because what I because what I usually do personally, this is me. I'm I'm curious how it work, how it works for you. Like when I'm pitching someone, like if I just automatically assume uh, either a they're not interested or b uh, see the email because they had too much. So usually, what I'll do personally, I just want to hear your take on this is okay. uh, mail or something like that, and I don't hear back. Um, what I'll usually do is I'll follow up in like three four days, just saying, hey, just wondering if you saw the email, and if I don't hear back after that point unless I know the person and I know what their inbox is like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got an interesting uh, perspective on this, I think. Uh, so I find emails to be either great or terrible. I, they, 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 I never have a medium with them. Like, cause the problem is with emails, you've got to understand the difference between BCC and CC and, and yeah, yeah. like that. A lot of people don't like to be sent emails with their email public like knowledge. Now that that I already understand, that's an issue. And also, when you're sending emails to new accounts, you're going to be in spam. You're very likely going to hit the inbox. So what I find is I find helpful: send an email, find their social media, and just drop them a courtesy message, just being like, just to let you know, send you a message, blah blah blah, just to make sure you want to get it. Hope to hear back from you soon. You know, nice and polite and courteous. I find that has got me more than just the email itself or a follow up. And that's just my experience, but. I think that's something that I feel ha has become more of a norm because emails, even though they're not redundant yet, social yeah. media is kind of starting really, well, is taking over. I mean, as you saw with Facebook, they changed the way band accounts work. So yeah. now band accounts are more personal. They're much more intimate, which I'm still kind of getting used to because my brain is still, 
in band account is separate to personal account. Yeah. So uh, I, I say these days people are more approachable. They're less standoffish. And I, I guess it depends on their work ethic because some people's like when I'm finished work, I finish work and then emails I'll read later. So I think, I think that's probably my take on that. I'd say. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so we're down to about five minutes left, Holly. So you get to make it count. <gasps> make it count. Um, under pressure now. Yep. Right. Well, okay. Well, we've done quite a lot of graphic design. Um, so hmm. we kind of covered questions I was going to ask on branding. Yeah. So something that might be quite good to ask you is, are there like any, I don't know, common branding mistakes that you see other bands make that you think could be maybe fairly easily rectified? Oh, quality. Oh, just, just quality. Right. Okay. My hugest gripe is like, you've got like terrible, like video quality and you want people to watch it. It's a video. I'm like, no one's going to watch it. Like this, people are so conditioned to clear HD, the next, you know, bright, colorful, good lighting, things like that. I understand all that. I mean, as you can see, I'm lit up like a Christmas tree, for <laughs> you know, I'm, and you've got to have the gear, you've got to have the microphone, you've got to sound great, you've got to look great, you know, and people expect it. It's expected, like, and as metal, specifically metal, as it becomes more modern, it becomes better quality. And that divide is very, can be make or break for a lot of people, because a lot of metal fans have come to an expectation of high quality artwork, high quality merch, high quality audio, high quality videos. Um, the difference is between then this preference, of course, people prefer music that's mixed terribly and that's fine but you know like the point is is really it's just kind of keep making sure you understand that your competition is probably better looking clearer better quality better videos more content and good quality content at that and this day and age it's all about consumer consuming right so bands are no longer bands anymore they're kind of like media giants so like, for example, uh, there's a band called Raised by Owls, right? Raised by Owls are a grindcore band, and they are very silly and stupid. But they create amazing skits and really great comedic, comedic videos that go all over the world, and they are huge because of it, and the quality is top. The audio quality, the video quality, the props, everything they do, they put so much effort into that, and that pays off for them. And that's an example of creating high quality content for the betterment of the band but yeah i think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make they just think oh the music's great so people will like it it's like yeah but you need to market it <laughs> yeah um i'm just trying to think if there's anything else we want to cover with i mean there's probably is but we're running out of time here um Aaron, is there anything you want to say that we haven't yeah okay um so basically, one thing I've understood, uh, we didn't go across this yet, but I think maybe another time, uh, streaming, social media and streaming, right? Mm -hmm. Streaming sites are fantastic. If you think otherwise, you're missing out. Social media platforms are fantastic. Like they are untapped for most bands. TikTok, get on it. If you're in a band, go on TikTok. You are missing out on millions of potential fans. Not 100, not 20, potentially millions. Yeah. Like you have no idea who's on there as well. I've made so many great contacts on TikTok who are people that are very well established in the industry. So it's amazing who you meet and the collaborations you can do on there give you a lot of attention and clout. Uh, and also don't shy away from new things like, you know, new streaming things. So this Reels thing that's on Facebook and Instagram, they're currently pushing it in the algorithm. Get on it. 
you, you ain't going to miss out. Yep. Um, and then anything you want to push out of your many, many, many things? I suppose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we got, uh, yeah, obviously mentioned a Death Collector's EP dropped on the 4th of March. It has gone crazy since it's been out. And if you want to find us, we're on all streaming platforms. You name it, it's there. Um, also, if you want to check out my other band, Dash and Crown, we released an album just before the pandemic hit, and it's been very well received, but unfortunately didn't go as well as we'd like because the pandemic hit and it sucked. So it'd be good to get that some love, love and attention. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be me uh, plug-in. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, Holly, do your famous outro. My famous outro that doesn't exist yet because I can't think of anything decent. Yeah, yeah, that, great. Oh, well. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Thank you for having me. (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.